In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's July 6th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 46 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from South Hades. It is hot down here. Very hot. We is just next to Tartarus in case anybody's nearby. Yes, yeah, so come over and visit and we'll have ice cream and lemonades. And bring SPF 5000. Yeah, today and Wednesday have been like record setting. Which I'm sure in some places people are like, okay, this is nothing. But... For here, with the humidity, it's been 43, 45 degrees. It's been really uncomfortable. Which is, I think I looked it up the other day, it's been like, it's like 115 Fahrenheit. It's been really. With humidity, yeah. so like, you feel all sticky and gross. It's been really it's uncomfortable. Sweaty. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, if you can, it's go and hide in the air conditioning kind of weather. Yeah. It's the sort of day where like, you plan your entire day around like, spending the least amount of time outside yeah. as possible. Yeah. Which makes it a good day to sit inside and knit. In the air conditioning. Yes. I know for some it's hard to fathom handling woolen things on a day like this, but if you can get in the air conditioning with one of those frozen slushy lemonades. Mm-hmm. Preferably something alcoholic. Yes, preferably. You know, we, then we, it's perfect. We could always substitute a daiquiri for the lemonade. Well, yeah. But yeah, so speaking of knitting. Yay! Adventures in knitting. Who's going first? A Rochambeau you for it. I, I was thinking the same thing, damn it. <laughs> no Spocks. <laughs> Ka, got you. Okay, so I go first. We did literally just do rock, paper, scissors for that. So, in my knitting, I might as well go first because I don't have too much to talk about because uh, mostly I've been ta- working on the top secret project, including for like about eight hours on Monday. That was a fun eight hours though. Yes. It's just sort of now that I think about it, like, wow, I was working on that thing for eight hours. <laughs> because we had a Marvel movie marathon on and, Monday. And it was cool. Yep. I went to bed just, you know, with just Tony Stark going everywhere in my head. He's not he's not necessarily one of my favorites, but I think it's because he's so prominent and he's such a loud mouth. Yes. He just stays in your mind. And he's such a, a noticeable character, too. Yeah. But yeah, so we, few of us got together and had pizza and we watched Iron Man, Thor, Iron Man 2... And then by that time, everybody else had left, and I went to my mom, and I was like, want to watch Captain America? Because I wanted to finish out the marathon. I guess you wouldn't consider it a true marathon, because we didn't watch Hulk, but I don't own Hulk. Sometime after Avengers comes out on DVD, I'm totally going to do, like, all of them in one day. Okay. When I have the house to myself. (laughs) That's kind of like those people that are going to do the Lord of the Rings trilogy. That Well, they do do the Lord of the Rings trilogy all in one day. Uh, you mean like I did a few months ago? Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I've done it too. And then, Twelve hours! And then, the very ne- and then the very next day or, you know, next couple of days when you have that stretch of time, you turn it, you put it back in again and you put it on only like actors comment. Oh yeah. Rewatching with the commentary. Commentary on. Yep. But yeah, so top secret project for that. I had to rip up the heel on my first twisted stitch sock because it was just not fitting. I tried keep, to keep going and fudge and stuff, and I finally I just admitted, okay, no, this is just not going to fit properly. It takes a very big knitter to admit yes. when they've made a mistake and have to frog. So I ripped that out, did a few more rows with a few more gusset increases, 
And I think I actually turned the heel, but I haven't done the blap yet. I have been rather unmotivated to work on that this week, um, mainly because I've been working on the other thing. And these are my, the, the socks where I'm just doing a few patterns out of the Maria Erlbacher Twisted Stitch Knitting book in, like, Dreaming Color Smooshy. Yeah, the cranberry color. Yeah. The, it's in Vino Veritas is the actual color. I don't name. care what it's called. It's called Cranberry <laughs> in my head. Yes, but for people's information. Fine. They want to see the colorway. Yeah, and part of it is just sort of like, probably because once I finish that heel flap, I actually need to decide what stitch patterns I want to do on the back of the heel. And I've just been for like, uh, math, don't want to do it. <laughs> Cannot make decisions right now. It's been a busy week. So I have put that off pretty much. I worked on a little bit of my Fair Isle scarf. But not much. Again, I got to the point where, almost to the point where I need to decide, okay, what stitch pattern am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Because I'm, it's basically, like I mentioned before with my lace sampler shawl, uh, scarf that I did a while ago, which someone was asking about. Basically, what I did with that one is I got myself a couple stitch dictionaries, looked through them and thought, I want to do that pattern for a little while. Do about three re- repeats of that pattern. Okay, I'm done with that. Flip through stitch dictionary- dictionaries. I think I'll do that pattern for a little while. So it was really sort of, you know, just pick whatever you want sort of thing. And it's a really good way of, like, learning to do lace and seeing how it works and figuring out how to fix mistakes and stuff. But so I'm basically doing sort of the same thing with the Fair Isle one. I just sort of pick a pattern that I want to do and decide on what colors I want to do. But when I got to the point of, like, picking the pattern, it was like, well, one, I haven't had a lot of time at home to knit this week. I wasn't going to try and do that during the marathon. And then I haven't wanted to cart it around with me that much. And the one time I did have time and did cart it around with me, I was really tired <laughs> and was like, nah, maybe I shouldn't try working on it. So I've like a, I've done a couple of the plain rows that I'm doing in between each sort of pattern thing, but I haven't actually done much on that. But to keep from being a total bore this week, I did cast on two things just today. <laughs> Because while I had been thinking, I really want to cast on some stuff, but oh my god, we have the Ravelinic Games coming up, and I should finish stuff instead. Today I was just like, screw it, don't care. (laughs) I'm starting it, bite me. I just started... Oh, pretty. The Lakeshore Shawl. And that matches your shirt. Yes, it does. It is, you know, very turquoise. Both shirt and shawl. The Lakeshore Shawl by Glenisee. And I've only got like one little... I've only got like three rows of the chart done. Basically. That's okay. But, and then I'm doing this in Knit Picks Shimmer, which is alpaca silk blend in the shallows colorway. So it's, you know, very, Just very turquoise and sea green and very other appropriate sort of, yeah. for Lakeshore. That's what I was thinking. I'll have to get some photos of this soon. I need, need to get photos of a lot of stuff. Yes, I know. But I'll have to get some photos of this soon when I take my new bike. On little trips down to the down to the lake. Yes, I bought a bike. I haven't been using it much in the last couple of days because I haven't been home, and it's been oh my god, seriously hot. But I mean, but it's kind of nice. Even on some of the on some of the warmer days, I've actually sort of taken it out at like eight o'clock at night, and it's been okay. Especially if I'm just riding down to the lake. It was kind of it was really nice the other night. Um, Saturday night, I rode it down to the lake and watched the sunset on the lake. Oh, that's nice. People down on the beach already setting off fireworks and stuff for Canada Day. So yes, I'll have to get pictures of that. And then the other thing I started is a sock, a plain old sock out of Quigu. I don't have the ball band with me, so I can't give you the number for it. But it's basically got like... It looks like it's sapphire blue, moss green, and it's shot through with 
cords of, I guess, copper and yellow. Yeah. Both of those, the, the green and yellow and copper are sort of, sort of dulled down a little yeah. bit. They're not really bright and sort of very dark blue. There's like almost navy blue in some spots, but it's super pretty. And I basically cast this on so I could practice doing things continental for like when I'm doing the Faroe Isle scarf. So it doesn't feel quite as awkward. And it's not so much knitting continental. It's not so much that it feels awkward or anything like that. It's mainly just slower because I'm not as used to, you know, having the yarn in that hand. So it tends to go a little slower, which can be a bit like, I could be done this October by now if I was doing it my regular way. But I can sort of get a rhythm going at least. I don't know if I'm going to stick with that with doing the Continental for the entire sock. We'll see how fast I get bored, but it's something else to cast on. And I kind of wanted a, a very plain sock too, so that that wasn't the movie socks. Mm-hmm. So that when things get crazy, <laughs> I have something to work on that will not require any brain. Because it's summer. And the new library just opened. Yep. And one plus one equals holy shit balls, it's busy. Like, especially today, when I actually, today in the supplies, because it's nerdy and <laughs> geeky, I am actually, this summer I'm actually doing, or trying, a Dungeons and Dragons style program for, like, seven to eleven year olds. Who want to learn how to do it? Yeah. I actually got the character sheets from, like, ages and ages and ages ago. We mentioned uh, someone named James Stowe. Yep. His blog is at James Stowe, J-A-M-E-S-S-T-O-W-E dot blogspot dot com. He originally, like, he's a freelance illustrator. And at some point last year, I think around in March or something, he created something he was calling D&D for dads. Yeah. Where basically he was, you know, teaching his, I think his eight-year-old how to play D&D because they wanted to learn. And so he created all these character sheets, and he posted them on his blog for anyone to use. Now he started something called Sidekick Quest. Yes. It's a very is, cool webcomic. Yeah, it's a webcomic, and it's going to be an RPG as well. Yes. And he's been developing that, and it's going to be a uh, card game, an RPG card game as well. And for anybody who is not sure about how to play D&D and doesn't want, you know, is a little bit nervous about going somewhere and, you know, feeling like the oddball out. If you read Sidekick Quests, Mm -hmm. it will show you, like, dice rolls and what the GM says. Yeah. And you can sort of start to get the idea of what goes on in a D&D campaign. Yeah. And you can kind of see how it works. And I looked at that in a few other resources for, like, playing D&D with kids and basically sort of simplified the game down, which helps because I have never GM'd before. Mm-hmm. So there's no way I'd be able to remember all the rules or everything you have to roll for and everything like that. So <laughs> I kind of made it up as I went along a little bit today. That's what <laughs> most of them do. But yeah, so I came up with a little scenario and he has, he had also released some like monster uh, character sheets uh-huh. last December, which are going to be used for sidekick quests. And he's supposed to be putting out a, like a PDF booklet for the RPG at some point, which, oh my god, I will be downloading and buying that for as soon as it comes out. And the, the illustrations of the characters are seriously adorable. They are. Um, and, and you can also commission him to do yeah. a character of yourself as whatever D&D sort of class you want. Yeah, you can find that on the sidekickquests.com under the store. So you can commission your own PC or commission a monster or commission a group portrait. So I had the first session today. Actually, we're doing two sessions two weeks each. So 
this week, this Friday and next Friday is one session. And then in August, we're doing two consecutive Fridays as well. Today went really well, as well as one can expect when you only have one kid show up. <laughs> I had five signed up. I actually had four signed up. And the one that actually showed up today was one that just came in and signed up right there. And the other four didn't come. Um, so I'm going to, I'll do reminder calls to see if they want to come. Cause it was, it was fun. And like the kid who was with me was a little, a little shy at times, but also, you know, ki- I kind of got her imagining things and making things up. Cause that's what all of this it, uh, is D and D is, is imagining what you're going through and how would you yeah. respond to it? How would your character respond to it? So hopefully if we get more kids next week, we'll actually have a little more interaction amongst the characters and stuff party like that. going yeah. at each other. But yeah, and then we also had, of course, with the new branch that had just opened this past Tuesday, it was super busy at work. It's like, which is nice. It's nice to see like the constant streams of people coming in, and it's that, nice to see a library being used. Yes, and that people are enjoying and going like, "Wow, this is really neat." And you know, new registrations are up quite a bit. The only problem is when you have. Two people trying to get, that are both getting new registrations, and there's two circ people on the desk, and there's nobody else to help the five people who want to check out. Mm. Which is when I hopped on, even though I hadn't really been shown where anything was at the new circ desk. I'm like, um, I don't know where this goes, so I'm going to put this here for now. So yes, I think this is starting to usher in the Save the Rathalinic Games the period of summer where I don't do anything that is more complicated than a very simple, like, lace pattern or, like, stuck in it. Okay. <laughs> because there comes a time every summer where I'm just like, I just permanently do not have brain for anything else. I has no brain. Like, I remember last year, it was the Viper Pilot socks last year. Yeah. I kept running face first into that wall for quite a while. Yeah. Before I was like, nope, putting these down until September. So, what have you been doing? I has finished the vodka cardigan. Yay! Completely bound off and everything. It has not been blocked yet, but that doesn't count. It does need to be blocked because that seed stitch hem does roll up just just a bit, especially Mm. in the back. Yeah. But it fits, it is comfy, and I'm very happy with it. It's very pretty. It is pretty. You brought it with you and tried it on at the Marvel Movie Marathon. Yes, it did. And it was, it looks really good. It fits perfectly. I was happy with it. So that means I am now finishing. I've done the foot, a sort of wonkified up heel, like the two heels of my catnip socks, which are the ones that I've been making out of the William from, is it Mitch? Yeah. K-N-I-T-S-C-H. Right. From New Zealand. They both have two different heels. Oh, okay, no, that was grammatically incorrect. The pair has two different heels. I don't know how I did that, and I don't care at the moment. <laughs> they function as heels. I'm just going with it. Uh, so I've done the foot, the heel, and I'm starting the leg of the second catnip sock by Wendy Johnson, and that's available on Ravelry. So I should be finishing that sometime this week. <laughs> and what that means is that all I have left over is that one-by-one cardi. Yeah. I sure as hell need a diversion from that once in a while. Yeah, you are not going to last until the 27th, the beginning of the Ravelanic Games, with just the one, one by, by one, one Cardi. Cardi. That's not going to happen. On. That will not happen. That way lies the crazy. Yeah. So I'm going to have to cast on another little project, or at least an interesting project, that will hold my interest enough so that I'll work on it until the games put it down, pick up my games project, mm-hmm. and then pick it up later. Yeah, have no problem, like, picking it up after three weeks. Right. And I did ask the Husbeast, is there anything that 
you need for me to knit for you or that I have knit for you and you've worn through, a.k.a. socks. or Because mm-hmm. we all know how some men, their feet just eat socks. Destroy socks. Yeah, they eat them. Don't know how. They have little teeth underneath the toes or something like that. <laughs> and he basically thought for a little while and said, no, I'm good. I'm like, oh, well, heck with you then. Knit something for you then. <laughs> and... Normally, this is the time of year when I start doing my Christmas presents, and I got no Christmas knitting to do. Ooh. Like, I have set out, I have made my Christmas list. Yeah. And I have filled out everybody's name with what I plan to do, or what I think would be best. I have no Christmas knitting. There's no knitting on that list whatsoever. There are two people who are blank that I said, well, I could always make, well, yes, but I've done that for them before. Or I could, well, yes... I could knit for them, or I could buy them a book. Buy them a book! <laughs> so, Gift uh, cards, man. Gift cards. <laughs> so we're just going to... Um, gift cards are always good. Yeah, we're just going to wing it. my books. So, yeah. I'm going to probably... I'm so proud of you, Maggie. <laughs> for not, you know, dosing yourself with the crazy like you usually do every year. Yeah, well, I think somebody moved my NyQuil. It's like, oh my god, I have ten things I need to knit for people. I think um, I've done enough of that in the past years that... They don't want any more knitting from me. Yes. I mean, hopefully everybody appreciates the knitting you've done for them. But, you know, I think it's perfectly reasonable to take a year off. Yeah. Or a couple years off. Or a lifetime off. Or until they name a child after me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. If they do that, then I'm I'm good with giving them then knitting Then you're kind again. of on the hook for something. Yeah. I'll deal with that if that ever happens. So do you have any ideas of what you want to knit? I'm probably going to experiment with a shawlette. Ooh. Or... A really strange cookie a sock, maybe. Ooh. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing those out there. Yeah. And I may wake up tomorrow and decide to do something different. Yeah. So I guess it all depends on what mood I'm in when I cast off the catnips. See what you feel like doing. Yep. Flip through your favorites on Ravelry or whatever. Yeah. See what catches your eye. Because <laughs> I did have that really, really, really squishy alpaca, that white alpaca that I brought yes, back. Yes, that you got in Ottawa. Yeah. The one that I nearly shoved down my shirt. Yes. Really, really soft and squishy. Anyways, that was me. Okay, so moving into Geek Squee. Yes, moving into Geek Squee. There has been a very big thing for Geek Squee this week, as I'm sure everybody has heard. And just to give you a hint, it happened on the U.S. Independence Day. And no, it didn't have anything to do with Independence Day. Scientists at CERN have discovered what they believe is the Higgs boson particle. Yes. This is an uber big deal. Yes. Like, a huge deal. This is something that I believe they... If I remember correctly, there was a theory proposed about it in the 60s. -hmm. And they've spent the last 40-plus years trying to follow up on that theory and proposal and locate this particle. Yeah. Which... Technically is everywhere, but it's hard to nail down. And I mean, of course, when it was announced, they gave it, they said this in kind of a, in somewhat couched terms. They didn't quite say, we found the Higgs boson particle. They said, we found what we believe may be, or what looks like it may be, the Higgs boson. Which was kind of awesome because Pigs, who first theorized it, was at, at the conference yes. and he was crying. And I was like, oh, that must be so awesome. That is like a, a, a beautiful Kodak moment. Yes. All of a sudden your life's work has just... Just blossomed into fruition and the whole world is able to share it within mm. minutes. 
And I mean, it shows, it's sort of a sign of how much geek you are on, like, how much your Twitter feed exploded after <laughs> that announcement. Because I know mine kind of went joke, it went. All went, kinds of splody? Yes. Tons of people were tweeting about this and yep. retweeting it. And retweeting the same joke over and over. There's speculation about, okay, so we found this thing. Does it do anything for us? And I'm like, there's lots of articles online that will explain to you in various terms of what this particle does. And, well, technically, it's almost done everything for us because it's a, it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, they said it is, I mean, it's hard to explain, but from what I have read and the sort of layman's terms description that I've seen of it, basically, it is a, a subatomic particle, particle, which is responsible for giving everything mass. Yes. Basically. Yes. So this is something which the universe would not exi- exist without. Yes. We would not be able to have yarn without it. No mass, no yarn. <gasps> <laughs> no! Thank you, Higgs boson particle. <laughs> of course, we also have to thank the Higgs boson particle for something that I found rather amusing. Um, apparently, not only did they discover the, the Higgs boson particle, they were responsible, the people who have discovered it at CERN, are responsible for Stephen Hawking losing, losing a, a bet. bet. Yes. A hundred dollar bet, no less. <laughs> I actually found this on Gizmodo. Stephen Hawking made a bet with uh, physicist Gordon Kane from Michigan University that the Higgs particle would never be found. So he actually lost a hundred dollar bet. And it isn't, it is, it's gotta give you some kind of pride. Yeah. When you realize that your discovery made Stephen Hawking, Hawking. wrong. <laughs> but hey, at least he admitted it. Yep. And he did say it should net Peter Higgs, the you know the person who who it's named after, should get him a Nobel Prize. Really? Oh, I'll Which, agree with that. Yes, yes, yes. I'll agree with that. And apparently, at Gizmodo too. There's also a video of him responding to the losing a bet part. There's a lot of really good links on the Mary Sue. If you go to the MarySue.com/slash Higgs H I G G S dash B O S O N dash Discovery, you'll get a lot of links, but sort of... What this does in terms of... Kind of explain things? In terms of bit. research, is it sort of like opens up a door that physicists were only theorizing that was there. Yeah. And now they're exploring more parts of the universe and physics that they weren't able to even theorize before. Yeah. And I think the next thing that they're looking for is something called Susie, which is... Oh, God, it was about, I think it's supersymmetry. That's it. Supersymmetry in, um, like, there's matter and antimatter, and now they're thinking that there's more than that. Ooh. That's what this sort of opens up to. Cool. It's not just positive ions and negative ions. It is more. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean more? My little brain does not compute more than that. I learned about this in science class, man. I don't remember them mentioning anything about this sort of stuff. But it does sort of, you know, frame that physicists are trying to grasp huge concepts that, I'm at least speaking for myself here, us lay people go around and just take for granted every sort of day. (laughs) And actually one physicist I saw who's being interviewed about this discovery did say it does lead perhaps a bit more to the theory of there possibly being multiple universes. universes. OMG! Yes. Science Little fiction. Nerd flail. Science fiction becoming science fact. I know. Multiverses, man. That'd be awesome. I'm Which wondering. is just, I, it just sounds so, like it sounds so science fictiony. But now there's like actual physicists saying, you know, 
that might happen. It's a theory. It is a theory in which, you know, which they can explore, like they would explore any other theory. Maybe there's a place where yarn grows on trees. Oh. <laughs> Don't tempt me, man. That would be one heck of an orchard. God, your alpaca is coming out so nice. Oh, I know. I've got the special fertilizer. And it just has this really nice rose color on the bottom bushes. And where the sunlight hits it at the top, get this nice vibrant yellow-orange gold color. It's really great. Sorry, that was me tangenting <laughs> off into, you know, weirdness. Oh, please. Like, this is, you know, new for us. And apparently there's been other scientific dis- discoveries this week, including one from pa- paleontologists who, thanks to a fossil of a 150 million year old megalosaurus, which whose scientific name I will not attempt to pronounce. I don't blame you. But it suggests that early ancestors of all dinosaurs had feathers. Like a lot of them were feathered. Yeah, so wow. even more dinosaurs may have been had feathers than we currently su- suspected. Actually, I'm looking at the article on io9 about it, and they have a picture of the fossil, and it is a gorgeous looking fossil. It's really it is amazing. Yeah, you can see there's all, you know, you see a lot of the bones and everything in a great detail. That guy must have searched out a really nice place to die. The perfect spot. Yeah. But yeah, it's a newly discovered species that gives a strong indication that feathers were common. It says in the article, feathers were a common characteristic of all dinosaurs that followed, including large predators. So they, I mean, they'd only, they had found fossils before that had imprints of feathers in the fossil, but it was only within dinosaurs that were closer to birds. Mm-hmm. Which is still like a larger group that even includes like the T-Rex. But this one is unique because it's much further back on the evolutionary scale. So more classes of dinosaurs came from this one. That's a really neat thought. And further, you know, even further removed from, you know, creatures that would eventually become birds. So the DNA was always there. Always had the potential in them. Just for your public service announcement, the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has issued a definitive statement that there are no mermaids. Somebody had to actually make a call on this. Yeah, someone actually actually had to come out and say this. But no, there are no mermaids. And Noah, too. Like, these are the people who, like, are responsible for tracking hurricanes and stuff. Yeah. We hope nobody was staying up late wondering about this. <laughs> and if there are any mermaids listening to our podcast, sorry. This wasn't our call. We're just making the public service announcement. But, of course, thinking of all this nerdery reminds me that the biggest event in the nerd calendar is coming up. Yes, it is. Because next week is San Diego Comic-Con. Where everybody just suddenly transforms into something covered in latex with capes. Yeah, pretty much. Your inner nerd... Maybe very little latex in some cases. Yeah. Your inner nerd is allowed to come out and play. Yes. Encouraged, even. Encouraged and is in full glory. Because seriously, the more detailed your costume is, the nerdier your costume is, the better. And of course, there is all kinds of San Diego Comic-Con coverage on lots of different blogs, I mean, there's been quite a few articles looking through um, io9.com that have, you know, possibilities of what people are looking for, looking forward to at Comic-Con, schedules of what's coming up, even some more philosophical art- articles like, is Comic-Con still for the nerds, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so I'm sure you can check out, if you check out io9 and Mary Sue and Geeks Are Sexy, Sexy and any other help. nerd site. Just Google it and you'll find it. You'll find tons of coverage of Comic-Con. Yeah. Of course, a lot of people, a lot of things I've seen that people are looking forward to are that apparently there's going to be a big Firefly reunion panel. So start lining up for that now. Yes. (laughs) 
I'm sure the lineup for Hall H begins in about 20 minutes for that one, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be Dark Knight, or sorry, Dark Knight Rises stuff going on, because it actually, that opens next weekend, I think, on the 14th, I believe, which is like the Friday of Comic-Con. So there should be much Batman geekery going on. Yes. Should be. And I'm sure there's going to be tons of stuff for The Hobbit, and there's going to be, of course, there's quite a few TV shows and stuff, which are going to have panels and things there. And by the sound of it, it's sort of the thing where it's like, there's 20 different things at all times that you could possibly go to. Yeah. And how do you ever decide which one to to go to? Well, you know, sometimes the guys from 300 with the really good abs are going into one forum, and you just have to make a decision. (laughs) You are drawn in by their magnetism. Yeah. Okay, are we winding Yeah, so if anybody here is going to San Diego Comic-Con... Please let us know. Please email us or post on the Ravelry group or whatever. And take pictures. Take lots of pictures. Legal pictures. We know that stuff happens at cons. We just want the legal pictures, please. Yeah. The non-creepy pictures. And, you know, let us know, like, what panels you went to or what stars you saw or got autographs from and all sorts of tales from the con. We want to hear it. I remember... The, I've only been to Fan Expo here in Toronto once, and mm-hmm. I've been to Dragon Con in Atlanta once. But being, before that, being a sort of con inexperienced person, yeah, I had a friend explain it to me, like, distilled down, this is the best I can explain it to you. You're walking by, in the hotel, and you walk by a room, mm-hmm. and the room door is open. And it's not that the woman inside is sleeping. It is not that she is sleeping and she's naked. It's not that she's sleeping and she's naked and she's bound with duct tape, but it's that she's sleeping, naked, bound with duct tape to the ceiling. And I sort of looked at him and he's like, that's sort of the background of a con. That's <laughs> that's sort of like what people do on their own time. I'm like, are you serious? I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's just a Southern kind of geekery. Yeah. I have actually never been to a con of this kind before. And I am thinking, I was thinking the other night. Maybe this should be the year that I go to Fan Expo for the first time. Especially because, like, I mean, before I wasn't really into comics that much or didn't really know a lot about them. I liked a couple sci-fi shows, but, you know, not a lot. And it sort of depends, like, what, you know, guests they have and stuff like that, that would it really be invested in it. But this year, because I've, I really enjoyed Avengers and at least seen a little more of sort of Avengers fandom. Yeah. And... You know, looking at some of the guests for the sci-fi stuff, and it's like, oh, that might be actually interesting to go some of the, to some of these panels that people are in. Apparently, Gillian Anderson's going to be there from the X-Files. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's my teenage fandom coming back. It's everybody's teenage fandom yeah. coming back. As well as a few other people. You know, I think this might be the year I actually go. I think it's a year to make it happen. Yeah. Damn. And, you know, it might, be inter- it might be a good chance for me. I've been kind of curious about reading, like, some of the other, like, the Avengers actual comics and stuff like that. Okay. I've seen some of that, so it might be interesting to check out the dealer hall for that. Awesome. We'll make it happen. Yes. I'll have to see about, like, what my schedule is that weekend, though. And now for just a little bit of fun, everybody out there in Hufflepuff, raise your paws. We have found a very nice little video done by... The duo's name is literally not. It's two girls, and they've taken on Lady Gaga's Born This Way and turned it into Was Sorted This Way. And it's a... They've done a music video where they are doing the singing. They're doing the vocals. Mm -hmm. And they and a bunch of friends are in the video doing the choreography and stuff. And it's it's not bad. And it's all Hufflepuff pride. Yep. It's pretty damn cool. 
I'm in the right house, baby. I was sorted this way. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it's really cool. And it's kind of nice they, you know, they do have stuff in it. They don't bash other houses. Yeah. I have a feeling that if I were to be sorted, I would go into Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff seems very much the Hobbit, sort of. Well, they are right next to the kitchens. And I think I recall reading a bit of trivia that Helga Hufflepuff was a sort of stout red-headed lady who liked to cook. Who does this sound like? Well, except for the stout part. Well, I'm we, so I'm just going with the whole Hobbit thing. Yes. (laughs) Well, I have a feeling I'd be put in Hufflepuff. I'm just really not that aggressive or ambitious. Yes. But even if you're not in Hufflepuff, you should definitely check out this video because it's insanely catchy, for one. Considering it's based on a very catchy song. Yep. And it's just so fun seeing the dancing and hearing the the Harry Potter. It doesn't matter if you're Gryffindor or Slither R-I-N. Because you were sorted this This way, way, baby. baby. And for anybody in Slytherin, actually, if you wander around looking for their videos on YouTube, they actually have a Slytherin song as well. Mm-hmm. They need to do a Ravenclaw one. They'll probably get to it. <laughs> They'll probably get to it. Eagle pride, bitches! Yes, we all have a resident Ravenclaw. Yes. Sitting nearby. Well, it's the nerd house, man. Come on. Yes, it is. It is. Oh, and one other tiny little thing that is relevant to our interests. Yes. The Hobbit finished filming this week. Yes! Lovely, lovely, lovely! And they released more pictures. Yeah, we got more pictures. In which you you still look at Martin Freeman and it's like, damn, how is that man not a Hobbit in real life? Yep. Because he just looks so perfect. He just looks so natural. He he, he just... He is a Hobbit. If you were to walk up and talk to him, you'd be be a very tall Hobbit. But you're right, it just works. Yeah. It just works so perfectly. So now Peter Jackson just has to go through the, you know, insane months of editing and editing and more editing and yep. I'm sure reshoots and more reshoots before the release of part one in December. Oh, yes. And part two the following December. Oh my god, I can't wait. Right. When were we going to start the Hobbit knit along? We're probably going to start that in September. Okay. With the idea that people who are doing big projects can start at that point, and people who want to do smaller projects can start in closer to the date, depending yep. on how long they think it'll take them. So, you know, if you're doing an even star shawl or the Lothlorien cape, like I am, you might want to start in wink, September. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. You might want to start in September, and then if you're doing... A simpler shawl, you might want to start in October. If you're doing socks, you might want to start in November, leading up to the midnight showing. I'm excited for that. Which, oh my god, I am totally there, man. I am so excited for that. Moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, Karen has is going to enlighten us on a little bit of yumminess that she gets in her mailbox once in a while. <laughs> yes. I think I have mentioned this before, but very briefly, because I didn't want to mention... This is a yarn club that I belong to, and I didn't want to mention it too much when it was like, oh, here's this great yarn club I I belong to. You'll have to wait eight months before the signups are open again. But now, signups are open! So I have brought a little good few goodies with me for Maggie to see, and I'm willing to divulge it to everybody. Basically, this is called the Mean Girls Yarn Club, and... The current signups is for its fourth year. I was, I have participated in years two and three, and I have really enjoyed it. Basically, you, there's six shipments in one year, one every two months, and each time you get a skein of yarn, a 
food like item of some kind. One time it was, you know, sometimes it's chocolate. This time it was a, this last package, it was a lollipop sucker, whichever you call them in your area. And there's usually like a little card that explains what character the yarn and the goodies were named after with a stitch marker. And there's usually some other little kind of goodie. And they're all based on female characters. Each year has a different sort of theme. So I think the first year I was in it, the theme was witches. Mm -hmm. So there was the Wicked Witch of the West. There was Dolores Umbridge Mm -hmm. from Harry Potter. Trying to remember. Oh, I remember the first package I got was the White Witch from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay. Which which has gorgeous, gorgeous yarn. This past year, the theme has been Mean Girls in Literature. So one of the yarns that I brought for Maggie to look at is, um, and I should mention, like, in the blog and in the Ravelry group, we sort of, the whole atmosphere is sort of teasingly insulting. Like, you know, when packages arrive, people are like, oh, I got m- another box of that crap on my doorstep today. Which is sort of, it's sort of the, the thing it where it's like... It sort of goes with the whole thing about being mean girls. Yeah. You were playing at being mean girls. And yeah. it's basically sort of understood that, like... You know, you should always read it as the exact opposite of what it's been <laughs> read as. And people refer to, refer to each other as whores, H-O-A-R. So the first shipment for this past year, the yarn was called Whore Crux, H-O-A-R-C-R-U-X. And it was based on Nagini from the Harry Potter books. And it's beautiful shades of emeralds and jades and all sorts of moss and pine colored. Yeah, it's basically like a tonal green colorway. And one of the other ones I brought was Hoity Toity, which is sort of different shades of like brown and tan and sort of light to dark purples. And it was based after Lady Catherine de Bourgh in Pride and Prejudice. That one got a big squeal when I brought it out of the package. I'm sure it did. And then just the other day, I got the final package, so I brought the whole thing here so Maggie could see it. And basically, this one's based after Mrs. Coulter from the His Dark Materials series by Phil Pullman. So the yarn is like a golden color with a little bit of like brown or darker yellows in it. And actually, for this past year, what she's done is there's been a two-to-one ratio of sock yarn to DK weight. So we've got four four shipments of sock yarn, two shipments of DK weight. And also in the package, we got a little lollipop sucker. I haven't tasted it to see what the flavor is yet, but I'm assuming it should be lemon or something yellowy. And then we also got (laughs) in association with the trilogy. Yeah, it is a little sort of tin aluminum box for you to put uh, stitch markers and things in it. But on the front, it's a needle-felted pantalaman, who is, of course, Lyra's Damon. Yes. Is and it pronounced Damon or Demon? I don't know. Because in the movie... I haven't seen the movie. The movie, it's pronounced Demon. Demon, okay. Well, it's it's spelled D-A-E. With yeah. The, that A-E that sort of smooshed together. Smooshed together. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I said, it's the sort of thing, I have only read the books, or read a couple of books. I have never actually heard any of these things pronounced, so I might even be pronouncing the character's name wrong. So, and it says that he distrusts Miss Co- Mrs. Coulter from the start. You can count on Pan to know a mean girl when he sees one. You can also rely on Pan to keep your stitch markers and other trinkets safe in this little storage tin. I just realized that's also teal as well. Yes, it is. That is so you. It's so cute. And he's so cute, little needle felted. And actually, if you wanted to see it, each of the, the things that are in with it, like the things that come with it, one time it was soap, another time it was a candle... Another time it was uh, like a solid perfume, which um, half the people thought was lip balm before they tasted it, including me. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's sort of like, why does this lip balm taste funny? Look a little better at the stick. Oh, because it's perfume. It's solid perfume. Okay. Puh, puh. Get it off me. Get it off me. But they're all made by, you know, small, independent, usually Etsy sellers. This one is from jelby.etsy.com, J-E-L-B-Y.etsy.com, if you wanted to see the sort of, like, needed felted things she has. Now, how many skeins do you get a year? So you get six skeins. Okay. Like I said, you get six shipments, one every two months. Okay. And basically, one of the things I like about it is, you know, being someone who doesn't really have the cash flow to dump on a yarn club, you have a choice whether you can pay, you pay the entire amount up front, mm-hmm. or you pay an installment. So basically this year it's $165 for the whole club. So you can pay that all at once, or you can pay three installments of $55, mm-hmm. which is the method that I usually go with. Okay. Because then it's, you know, not as ouchy. But, and I, I have really liked the stuff I've gotten. I've been, and I've, you know, the stuff has pretty much always, I think maybe once there was a slight delay of like a couple weeks, but you know, it's always been, you know, on time and good quality. Yeah. Really nice stuff. And I should mention with the sock yarn skeins, she gives you tons of yardage. Like the sock yarn, you get 560 yards of sock yarn. Holy crap. Yeah. 115 grams. That's easily knee high socks for most people. Yeah. In every, like every, every time you get sock yarn, you get that much. Damn. But the DK weight, you get 280 yards of DK weight. I kind of like this year that she seems to sort of have altered or, you know, switched up between, like, really variegated ones. Like, the one I'm looking at is the, you know, the Lady Catherine one. And the more tonal ones, like the Nagini one. So that you get a little mix of both. Nice. Very nice. I have no affiliation, yada, yada, yada. Just, you know, happy customer. Cool. I am not being paid for this for this endorsement. Very cool. Other than in the, well, I'm technically paying her for the yarn, so not even getting paid in that, so. But yes, I quite enjoy it. And it's always nice to get, like, little surprise packages Yes, in the mail. it's nice when something comes in the mail and it's not a bill. Yeah. And it's always kind of nice when, you know, opening the package and being like, oh, who's it going to be this month? And then you reach in and find the card and see who it is. And then you unroll the yarn from its tissue paper and you see what colors they've picked and stuff. It's like a little surprise. Yeah. So if you go to meangirlsyarnclub.blogspot.com, the PayPal buttons for the signups are in the right-hand sidebar. And in the first two posts in the blog have all the rules and everything like that. With details about, like, when the different, if you choose the payment plan, when the payments will be due, and, you know, options for, like, if you need to cancel, that sort of thing. And there's also the Mean Girls Yarn Group, uh, the Mean Girls Yarn Club group on Ravelry that you can check out. So I think that's it for this week, then. Yes, it is. All right, everybody, stay hydrated and stay cool. Yep, at least for those of you in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> Meanwhile, those of you in the Southern Hemisphere just laugh and laugh, <laughs> especially since a lot of the places in the Southern Hemisphere don't really get, at least, you know, some of the very popular populated places like Sydney and stuff. It might be winter there, but they don't get that much snow, so. Well, wherever you are, stay comfortable. How about that? Yes, especially if you're going to Comic-Con. Stay hydrated while you wait in line for three hours. Yes. And have fun. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody.